Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What's up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing, brother? Trying to keep warm in this cold, cold city, baby. Yeah, man. I walked out this morning and was like, damn, I had to go get an extra jacket. Yeah, it, it didn't. <laughs> that, that winter didn't crept up on us, man. <laughs> yeah, they kind of like went from summer to fall dash winter really quickly, just all at yeah. once. <laughs> we didn't yeah. get a little they didn't ease into it. We just like hot, 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 and then boom, cold as F. Yeah, um, I think you skip fall, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Welcome to your favorite short-term, mid-term, long-term rental podcast in the world, Live, Let, Thrive, coming at you from Fort Worth in Arlington, Texas, baby. Let's go. What episode is this, Stevie Stacks? 275 episodes, man. Damn. Damn. That is crazy. I know. Did we ever think we would be here, man? No. No, I, I, I don't... I don't know. I just thought we were doing something fun and, and you know, it, it turned into like a real thing that we made uh, lifetime friends and connections and, and we've met a lot of fans and it's been it's been a fun ride and we're going to keep going because this 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 uh this industry is always changing, man. Straight up. Yeah, Airbnb, short term rentals, midterm rentals. Now it's heavy on the midterm. And um, yeah, there's always something to learn. There's always something to teach. And so, so let's go, man. I see you got a bunch of notes today. Yes, sir. Always, man. But I wanted to start off because you just, you guys just had a meetup, man. I wasn't able to make it. What's the recap on that? How did the meetup go? Oh, man, it was cool. A little Halloween um, type style meetup over there in Dallas with um, Mikey B in the gang. And um, so we met some cool people. It's one of those... um, (laughs) You mentioned this a long time ago on the podcast. You're like, man, they're going to the hood and they're putting these like million dollar um, three story with the rooftop, you know, houses right in the middle of the hood. And this was literally right smack dab in the middle of the hood. I mean, it was side by side. You know, it's like, you know, uh, gentrification is slowly creeping through the hood. But this is this was this was pretty hit. But but the view of downtown Dallas is a million dollar view. So you're up on the up on the rooftop. Uh-huh. And, you, and you see you, you're looking straight at that bridge, you know, and then into the city. So so it's um it was beautiful. I mean, it should be uh, high end houses at that spot because you got those views. Right. But yeah. it just happens to be Dallas. Dallas is uh, Dallas is always I wouldn't say hood hood adjacent. But it's a yeah. hood mixture, a hood. It's got it got hood running all throughout Dallas. So when when people ask me from out of town, so how's the area? I'm like, it's Dallas, you know, it's it's. Yeah. It's got a, it's an eclectic mix of of high end and low end and middle end. It's just all mixed up. It's not like different places where all the rich people are here and all the poor people are here. No, it's all it's all it's all blends together. But that's makes you know part of the charm, I guess. Your beautiful view, and you can catch a nine millimeter stray. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I saw you know I saw an ice cream man driving through the hood in the middle of the night and i was like yeah yeah we're in the hood because ice cream men don't don't 
with the music on and everything. And then Mike Brown was like, you sure you're selling ice cream? I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know what he's selling, but it's just so (laughs) weird seeing an ice cream man with the music just creeping through the hood like that, man. Ice cream man, holla if you hear me. Yeah, (laughs) he was selling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But, but um no but it was great a great little event um like i'm not trying to scare people not all our events are in the hood and i wouldn't say it's like a brutal hood there wasn't gunshots and stuff going on it was just a you know working class very extremely working class um like mexican um neighborhood and and they probably got good ass food over there so that's that's a plus what neighborhood was this was this trinity groves so going down um 30 going towards dallas I Hampton. I took a left on Hampton. You know, Hampton like you, you kind of yeah, loops and yeah. go yeah, you north. And the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's off Hampton and that area north of 30. So that's that's Oak uh, Cliffish kind of north of Oak Cliff. I, I never felt like threatened or nothing. It was I mean it was you could just tell, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was it was the the barrio, man. And, and um and it was cool and we had a good time and people showed up and we we're, were you know made some connections. Uh that's always cool with networking. And I wanted to talk about that, man, cuz yeah. like uh, you, you've always talked about the importance of networking and, and in our busy lives is we don't always get to do it as much as we'd like to, you know. We it's funny, we see all of our um single friends in the industry just hopping around the freaking globe, going on cruises, going to Mexico, going to Costa Rica, going to Europe and doing all these events, right? I'm like, damn, that would be that would be cool back when I was young and single and, and, and just just I didn't have any, you know, attachments and stuff. But but me and you, we got kids, wife and kids and we got jobs and we got our business and we're running. And, and so and but that's not how that's not a negative. It's just we're at different stages in our lives where we can't do all those that's... things. But I will say I will say, um, I mean, it, let me speak to the power of networking first and, I, and I, i'm gonna talk about you know we i jump all over the place we jump all over yeah. the place but I, I watched the the fights uh um uh tyson fury uh versus uh francis naganu quick question because i didn't see it Did, who who actually won and then go into your store you know i could i could see an argument for both ways i think i think um uh fury points them enough like okay. made enough points on them to win you know i yeah. think that was the right call um but it, if it would have been called a draw or even if Francis barely won, I wouldn't have been griping, you know. But mm, I think I think okay. that they got it right because he point after he felt the power of Francis Naganu, oh. he was like, "Oh, I can't, I can't mess around with this fight anymore." Oh, okay. I thought he was just, you know, could just play with them for a few rounds and just give people a show. But he's like, "No, I can't, I can't f with this guy because he could really hurt me." And he knocked him down too. Ooh, yeah, I saw Francis that. I saw that. knocked him down. So he's like, after that. Uh, Tyson just kind of like you know, kind of points them and stuff. You know, he didn't he didn't want to he didn't want to mess with the that smoke. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, anyways, so it was a big boxing match because it was a crossover match because you know Francis Naganu was UFC champion for a while. He left then and he wanted a box and then so it was a big deal. It was in Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah. And so and so the Saudis, man, they they roll out the red carpet. They roll out the gold carpet, man. So, but they showed this like um this like lunching luncheon event before the night before the day before. And they had this big dinner for all, you know, the, the boxers and then all celebrities showed and all the ex, you know, boxers and all the ex UFC champions. And then they just had all this different, I mean, I'm sure millionaires and billionaires, everybody was like, was hobnobbing with like the, 
the creme de la creme of, of that world, you know, and just, and you just saw Mike Tyson, you know, cutting it up with Conor McGregor and you saw, um, uh, man, uh, what's it called? Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard was there. You saw, I mean, everybody you can name that's like a, like a big time boxer or ex-boxer mm-hmm. was all there. And plus celebrities were there. Ronaldo was there. I was just like, I'm just like, man, you know, just getting into a room like that, you know what I'm saying? And not even just in the sports world or whatever, but but just getting into the room and just talking, just having the opportunity to talk to, to go cut it up with Mike Tyson, you know, to go cut it up with some some of these huge celebrities, superstar, whatever's is just worth its weight in gold, man. Cause I mean, I mean, you could just getting to know these people, getting someone in your cell phone like that. I mean, something comes up, they're gonna and you said you said you did a thing, they're gonna call you. I mean, oh my god, that's just millions upon millions of dollars of opportunities just to be in that room. And I was just like, man, that's what, and that's what, you know, the Grant Cardones and stuff like that, they get into rooms that we don't get into, you know, they get um, opportunities that we don't get into, you know, we, we can get, you know, decent opportunities and we're working on our networking and stuff like that. But to get to that level, that's why, that's why you, um, you you build a strong network, you build a strong brand, you build a strong team and to get to those levels. Yeah. And I'm happy you brought up networking because uh, it's funny, me and Mike, we were just talking about, because I was thinking about going to STR WealthCon next year because you hit it on the head. Just being in the room with powerful people is huge. You know what I mean? Because you never know who you're going to meet at a networking event, man. So I was actually thinking about trying to go out to the STR WealthCon to try to hit, hop on the conference train this year i don't know if i will be able to but it, it is very important man it's a huge bonus to your business especially locally like how you guys did that um like when we hold the local ones you start knowing all the local operators all, all the cleaning people all the uh handyman that that's like powerful you know what i mean and you can really 10x your business just by being in the room with those people now i'm happy you guys do that event i'm a, i'm gonna be at the next one i know my boy jv has hit me up a couple weeks ago it's like when y'all having an event like, man, I'm, it's going to be a while for me. But, yeah, I'm going to get out there probably Q1 of next year, do another one. Yeah, yeah. And let's just say I, I met a, a Turo guy out there, right? Mm-hmm. And and he has a connect on, um, you know, I won't go into details, you know, if you would DM me or whatever or, or you know, after the show, I'll let you know. But you can set up your vehicles in a certain state and get a P.O. box, and you won't have to pay any sales tax when you buy your vehicles to do Turo. I mean, something like that will save you thousands of dollars. And just just learning, you know, meeting someone like really? that. And if I, you're going to jump into Turo, um, that's a, a powerful piece of knowledge. And you can just keep, you know, redoing your plates every year at the same state, mm-hmm. same P.O. box, whatever. You, you pay someone to, to help you do it, and... and yeah. I mean, just learning something like that, you don't, you, no one's going to put that out there, you know, on the web or whatever. But yeah. if you know somebody networking, I mean, you learn things like this, you learn thousands of dollars tips. And I'll say that at the la- our last networking event that we did over in Dallas, yeah. um, you know, I met a client, I ended up getting a client that, that, you know, managing their, their short-term midterm rental, whatever. And that thing's, you know, paying over a thousand bucks a month and that's just from one networking event man that's, and that's need, making man. me a thousand bucks a month. <laughs> so that's just i mean because it's just a really nice place and it pays out and 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 so over a thousand and i'm like i mean 
I just imagine being able to to go to to more of these. And I'm gonna start doing. You know, we have the the, the meetup.com. I'm gonna start doing. I want to do one at least once every Thursday because I always meet somebody. And I always, you know, and of course I share all the knowledge I got out of in my head, you know, because yeah. they, they'll ask a ton of questions, but then they'll always, you know, seems like I always throw some kind of opportunity. Not all of them are, you know, gold, but there's a lot of opportunities get thrown at. Yeah. And so so man, yeah, it's 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 the most powerful thing because you can't just be behind your phone the whole your whole life and then expect everything to work out for you. You got to get out there. That's a fact, man. And uh I've been I've been going to like real estate meetups on Saturdays whenever I can. Um, but yeah, the, the power, you said you make a thousand dollars off a networking event that you went to and you found a unit to manage. And that's all I was like, man, you get 10 of those, you're golden. And the mm -hmm. risk, the risk ain't on you. Cause man, that, that man, the power of a good unit that, that you manage, bro, pays out 10 mm -hmm. times. I have two that pay me out thousand dollars a month. I'm like, bro, can't beat this. You know what I mean, you can't beat it, man. If you get a good one. Um, but yeah, one thing that I've been focusing on in my business is like empowering my VAs. Um, like instead of them waiting on me to do something, uh, I was, I'm kind of trying to learn to empower them to like, just take the initiative. I don't know. What are techniques that you use to empower your VAs? Hmm. That's a good one because um, you want to go into yours first, or I'll go. I'll go into I, mine. I can go into mine like what I did. I'll tell you what happened. So uh, in my Arkansas units, I noticed she kept blocking dates like right after a checkout, and it happened like a couple weeks in a row, and I wasn't really paying attention to it. Uh, but basically, it was because our cleaners weren't available, right? So I was like, you know, so after the second week, I was like, okay, let me go find another cleaner. Uh, that's available full time. And then I'll just have them be backups if they're not available. But I was like, let me actually find a true cleaning company. And I did really cool dude. And this is the power of networking again. You know, um, I actually met this person because I own the Facebook page, little rock Airbnb, which is the whole area. Whoever owns Dallas Airbnb, man, they got all the networking out there. And these people send me messages all the time. Uh, cleaners, handyman, they all send messages. Hey, if you need help. So we interviewed this guy got him in. We interviewed him and his wife. They were a good fit and we onboarded them, but I had to take that initiative upon myself. So one thing I did was I wanted to empower my VA. So one thing I did was um, I used chat GPT to do it. Um, what I did in chat GPT, uh, I got this from Sean, shout out to Sean for this. I basically put my entire life inside of a chat GPT box. Like, Hey, this is how I grew up. I'm African-American male. I grew up in this situation. This is the parents I had. And it like basically caters to my personality profile. So I, I'll ask it a question. By the way, if you're in chat GPT, uh, to make it really powerful, always use one chat window for every subject. And it'll always keep all the information in there. And I'll actually touch on that about Airbnb as well. So I basically told it, hey, write a message to my VA to empower her to um, take initiative if she sees something, so then she feels empowered to do it. And then uh, it wrote up this really good message, you know, and I, I just sent it to her. And then she immediately got really good feedback. She was like, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know. You know, she was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that next time. I'll just go ahead and take the initiative and let you know, or just go ahead and find a new cleaner that, that'll be a good fit. Um, but those are the types of things I just want someone to step up and do, because I really want to start moving further and further away. Like, hey, 
hire the cleaners if you need them to hire the handyman, find the handyman, you know, um, cause you can do that now with Facebook. You know what I mean? Facebook, Google meets, it's all easy. So that was just one thing I've, I've been working on is empowering them to feel like they're a leader. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, you know, yeah. that leadership role is important, but that starts with us. And then it works the way it works its way down, of course. So that's one thing I've been working on just empowering my VAs. And uh, that seemed to really help chat GPT really helped with that. So what, what about in your, in your situation? So what jumps out to me is, um, like I, I said it before, you know, our head prince, our head, um, VA is princess. That's her name, uh-huh. you know, the Philippines, of course. And, um, so she's really, really stepped up. And, and what I've done is I'll bring her on, I'll bring her into like meetings now with like clients, right? Yeah. I bring her on the clients meetings. And then um, I just, you know, a lot of the first few, she's just sitting there observing kind of, then I'd ask for a little feedback and this and that. But now she's getting more active into it, even potential client meetings, you know, because she knows all the technical stuff real good. And so, um, and she's, she's nervous, you know, kind of like, you know, a fish out of water at first, but she's starting to really speak up, be more vocal, you know, give some good input and stuff like that. Um, I, I will say, um, so that's helped her a lot. And plus, I mean, it goes, it goes into like, I, you know, the way I, the way I, I changed things up, you know, after, after me and Feta, you know, did went our separate yeah. ways with the, with the business is, is like, I told her, you know, this is your team now. I'm, I'm not gonna manage these people or these, these VAs. You're, this is under you. I'm paying you one, I'm paying one person. You're going to do the whole thing for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can keep who you want to keep on that team or let them go. And she had this, she spoke with them. They ended up staying with her. Cause I, like I reduced my payroll a lot. And, um, but she, she has the ability to make more now because I'm just paying one person to do this. So she's the one in charge of the team full time. And she, but she's also the backstop 24 seven. If something's going down, she needs to be able to step up. So, so when doing that, it wasn't, I wasn't going to be the one, you know, you know, um, going to this VA on the day shift saying, why didn't you do this afternoon or midnight? I just go to princess. Hey, why isn't this getting done? Okay. I'm going to talk to him and get it done. You know, cause that's her, that's her name. It's her livelihood on the line now, not just that person as like, Oh, well they, they effed up. So he's going to fire them whenever we move on. No, 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 no. These things need to be completed. These tasks, you know, I give you the tasks, how to, you know, this is what I want accomplished and you accomplish them. You know, I'm not going to sit there and micromanage every step of the way, how you should do it. And and so she's managing the whole team now, yeah. man. It's I haven't had to do a lot, man. I just, I'll tell you that much, you know, yeah. I put the pieces in place. I put the people in place and I let them, you know, figure things out, you know, mistakes happen, but that's yeah. how they learn. So I let them, yeah. I even let them fail, let them make mistakes. Even if we get it like a potential good booking. No, sorry, man. We got, you know, you got to figure out how to land that thing. I'm not going to be there. And, oh, give me the, give me the steering wheel. I'm I'm going to bring them in every single time. That just cuts their legs out. Right. Yeah. They don't grow. And then they don't, you just make it more work for yourself. Straight up. Plus, of course, anything that comes across that's like, uh, that hasn't happened before. And it's, oh, what are we, you know, of course they're going to ask, what are we going to do? Okay, what do you think we should do? Okay, that sounds good. Now document that and don't ask me that again. You know, yeah. next time you know, that's how you handle it. There you go. That's what I love Monday.com for because I use it for that. Hey, document it. You, if you pull it up, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, because that's one thing I'm happy. You, I'm, you're doing the same thing as me. I bring them into like a new client call 
let them be in there because you have to realize at some point, this is what I had to realize. I'm like, my VA really knows my business more than me, like the meat and potatoes of it. They know it more than us. Mm-hmm. We ain't in there. You know what I mean? Because they, so therefore when a client's asking questions or whatever, they could be really good at answering those questions. Cause you really want to get to the point where you ain't even got to talk to the client. You can let the VA handle everything because they're already in the day-to-day operations because that's what I'm moving towards as well. Because, yeah, putting them in those phone calls and those meetings, very important. Like we have another call this Thursday with this new cleaner, and I'm going to let my VA handle it. Hey, Zyra, hop on it. You handle it because she she knows exactly how the cleaning works, how the calendars work, you know, because she's really good at it, man. The power of a The power of a good VA is the big thing. Like I have a really good VA. If you get a, one good one, that's all you need. And then if I eventually want to get to how you're doing it, hey, you can hire whoever you want. This is your pay. I am eventually going to move into that model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I yeah. like that. Because they ain't going to hire no bullshit. They're going to hire someone yeah. that's going to help them, right? Yeah. I mean, because you ain't going to hire no BS. And then, then now if it's their reputation, they ain't going to hire no BS. But that that's like the power of leadership, man. If you're a good leader, you get another good leader then that leader can go and get another good, put a bunch of uh, good leaders under them. So yeah, man, I'm loving, I'm loving that, that style and how you're doing that. It's kind of like, um, so you have your, your uh, Robert Kraft. Is he the owner of the the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he'll have, he'll have his coach make the, make the um, what's it called? Personnel decisions, right? Yeah. Now, and that's a unique situation because he's like kind of the coach and kind of general manager, right? Uh, uh, the, the, no, you're, you're talking Jerry Jones. Okay, well, I'm. I'm, I'm about no, talking, no, I'm talking about the uh, who's the coach Robert Kraft and then yeah. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. So he yeah. pretty much. So Belichick's kind of like the GM. That's a unique situation. A lot. A lot of teams have GM, general managers, right? Yeah. Baseball teams had general managers. The owner says, "Here's how much you can go spend." Go go get who get what players you need so the coach can can run the team right now. Jerry Jones does a different where he is in on it. He micromanages every situation, and then if a player like doesn't like how a coach is talking to him, they go straight to Jerry. Jerry's not treating me good. Blah blah. blah. And Jerry's like, and, yeah. and he, he gets pissed at the coach. So they, it's 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 and it hasn't worked in like like thirty some odd years, right? It hasn't worked in a long time, <laughs> Jerry. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, I've always said this about the Cowboys, man. The Cowboys' biggest hangup is Jerry Jones. Mm-hmm. Jerry wants to run everything. That's cool. When was the last time he, he was winning championships? When Jimmy Johnson said, yo, Jerry, you go be the owner. I'll handle this. They were mm-hmm. winning. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it, it paid Parcells off. brought him back to, because Parcells is a strong personality, too, and he could stand up to Jerry. Yeah, but he wasn't winning no he title. Win, like, he didn't win a title, but he was towards the end of his career. Anyway. Yeah, he was the end. But yeah. it's like you start to see there's start power to, yeah. in empowering people. You know what I mean? But go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, he's, you know, but uh, since then, he pretty much got puppets that do, do exactly what he right says. Up. Instead he, of a Parcells or a Jerry Jones. Uh, yeah, Jones. and it's like, and, it, and honestly, that, that's a really good learning situation because that's not a good way to run your business, man. You can't run your business off of they're just going to do what I say. Therefore, when they see things that are wrong, you're not empowering them to step up to make the business grow and be better. And that's, and I'm going to be honest with y'all Cowboy fans, that y'all going to forever lose as long as Jerry running shit. That's <laughs> being real. That's just being real. you going to forever lose as long as he running shit. You know, you know, like, you know, maybe he gets caught up in one of those cases he got going on and y'all start. Yeah. <laughs> My baby mama. Um. <laughs> 
But so, nah, so, uh, yeah, go ahead, man. No, that, that's good stuff, man. Um, funny situation, and, and I'll I'll go I'll go ahead and, and and preface you know that big college word preface this situation with with something else. When you start making exceptions to how you do things, it always bites you in the ass. When you make exceptions to your rules, mm. always bites you in the ass, right? And yeah. and, <laughs> and kind of going through this in a way with a certain situation. I don't want to get in too detailed because I don't know. You never know who's listening to the podcast. It, it, you know. Oh man, but, you gotta be real about. It. Just change up some names. We're being. <laughs> Come on, we gotta always keep our authenticity. No, I'm gonna keep it authentic and real. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah, All right. Ahead. So situation, and, and and you know, okay, I'll say like this: midterm rentals. You know, you you dealing with like a travel nurse or situation like that, furnished finder. It's always been pretty cut close, cut and dry. You know, they send you the money. They you know send them the lease. They sign the lease, send you the the deposit and the money, and they move in. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this one kind of ignored a couple uh, of the red flags a little bit, and, and um, this person wasn't exactly. You know, here's the thing though. Everybody, a lot of different people are coming from furnished finder. It's not just travel nurses anymore. Right. A lot of people are on there that are, you know, you, you got to really stick to your guns and background check everybody because, okay, we yeah. let, we let, we've let a lot of nurses through in the past because we've background checked them. And then we're like, ah, no big deal. You're a travel nurse. You make big bucks. You're right down the road. No worries. And anyways, so, so we didn't stick to our guns. And then we thought this one was like a travel nurse situation, <laughs> but I think this one might be like a, a birth tourism kind of situation. Oh, wait a minute, what? Oh, what? A birth tourism? You have to explain that one, bro. <laughs> I'll explain what birth tourism is. So <laughs> so ladies from other countries, you know, that will, will come here to have their babies so they can have American babies. Because here, we're one of the few countries in the whole planet that if you get born here, you're automatically a U.S. citizen, right? Yep. So there's an actual thing, a big bucks thing called birth tourism. Oh, yeah. And like, especially like, um, let's say a lot of wealthy Chinese ladies will go, will fly to California and be in this like um, either a giant house or like a, a whole like a uh, complex and they'll rent out rooms and they'll be there until they have their babies. And then they'll fly back to China with the, with the, the babies have the, that American citizen, just in case. Shit goes down. Their their kids cool because they're American. They can they they can bounce whatever they can. It get, provides more opportunities for them. Yeah. And so, of course, you know it's not exactly the authorities don't like you doing that. You know <laughs> they don't like people coming here to have their babies. Have you, uh, they might be called anchor babies. You've heard that too. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying I say that. I'm just stating the facts. I'm stating the news. You know, I'm getting into getting a little getting into the weeds here, Micah. Um. <laughs> so, anyways. This, <laughs> that, that i mean here's the thing that the the owner met her and everything and everything went cool with the with the meeting and, and, and you know so he actually toured her the place he happened to be over there by his place and he toured her and thought she was cool and and then um and then she started saying like oh by the way uh i might give birth while i'm at your house place i might she said it in a weird way, like you're gonna give birth at the place, and then <laughs> I think <laughs> I think uh, the owner's like, is she gonna get like 
uh placenta stain on the ground or what's gonna happen man is it it's like i don't know man this is turning into a weird situation yeah and then we're like you know and then she then she's like, okay well you know I, everything looks good on the lease I'm, I'm gonna send i'm gonna wire the money but it's coming from a foreign bank so it might you know it might oh, not get man. there until tomorrow and then so like he's starting to get cold feet now, all because we made exceptions because we didn't say, OK, send us an application, send us, you know. Oh. Yeah, we made exceptions because we thought it was a close. OK, he met her. Everything's cool. She's going to move in. And all of a sudden now, she, now she's having babies at our place, at his place. <laughs> and now she, and now he's, um, you know, giving birth there. And, and then um, the money's not going to be there till tomorrow. Wire transfer, all this crazy stuff. And so. Now it's just been the phone's been just going off because it is. I mean, they're bringing me into it. Usually, Manu, you know, he handles situ handles all the midterm stuff, and he don't bring me into shit. He, I mean, I taught him how to do it. I said, "Here's how you make the leases. Here's how you get the money. This is how you see they sent the money, and then give him the instructions, and then have the team, you know, get him on the email to have them all to check in and check out information, whatever." It says, you know, I don't even touch it no more. Yeah. He's putting he's putting people into all our places. He's a bad mofo. And but this one is a unique case. So they are bringing me into it. I'm in the middle of the owner. I'm in of my news asking me questions. And so that's bringing that all the way back around. Uh, once you start making exceptions, you get a little lazy. That's when that's when the, yeah. the crazy shit happens. So once you start making exceptions to your rules, then it always ends up biting you in the ass. And, <laughs> You know what helps with that? I know exactly what you mean. I had to like to really like make myself stick to these are the rules no matter what. I had to like just start creating oper standard operating procedures. Hey, new guests, uh, midterm, they got to go through an application because I've been there too, man. Especially especially when that big chunk of change looking kind of good, you like you willing to pay eight thousand for it? <laughs> you be like, oh, you know, you might change up the rules. Yeah, you got to be dealing with a whole birthing situation on your hands. But you know, and, you know, you got to stick to your guns. I know what you mean, man. So you you said something very important. You said you noticed some red flags. So what are red flags that you noticed in that, and then red flags that you've just noticed with midterm rentals? Okay, so so red flags, of course, that situation. Um, can I have? Is it okay to have birth at your place? Um, that was a, a sad. I don't know if it was a red flag. It's a weird flag. Uh, I, I I yeah, I guess. I mean, if it, a baby pops out, what can I say? Uh, <laughs> that was a weird one, and then of course the money wire thing. That one she hit us with, and that was a that's always a big red flag because you know you know what is a red flag, and and at midterm rentals, even when insurance is paying for it, bad credit is a red flag. Um, I haven't rejected someone because of bad credit from an insurance client, but I think I am in the future because I ran into a situation where. She had bad credit. And I'm not judging nobody with bad credit. You know, you got bad credit, you got bad credit. That's what it is. <laughs> He's judging <Which>, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you got bad credit. Shit happens, right? But, like, she had bad credit. And then, like, so I, I had a really, it's a smaller house. So the security deposit was, like, 500 Um, I didn't need to go up on that. But it's a smaller house, right? So she checks out. And the first thing my, and she stayed past checkout time. So my cleaner let us know she's paid to say past checkout time. When she checked out, she smoked. It was a bunch mm. of just cigarette smoke everywhere. I'm like, damn. So of course I didn't give her back her deposit. I charged her the cigarette smoke. Like, yo bro, you, you know, you smoked. Here's the cigarette charge. 
that the cleaner charges to air the place out, ozone it. Um, then, of course, she went back to the insurance company and said, I didn't smoke. And so I had to, like, provide all this proof that she smoked. And she's, like, on the phone, I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke. I'm like, okay. And I knew she smoked because, one, cleaner smelled it. She ozoned the place. And remember, this is a midterm rental, so they in there, like, 60 days. So, shit, you smoke for that long, bro. It's going to be hard to get that shit out. So the next guest was an Airbnb guest. First thing he noticed, he he did he was cool about it. He was like, "Hey man, I'm just like, no, it smells like smoke in here." So I was like, "Damn!" So I just noticed there was, with you know, it's certain type of people with, de- it's a certain demographic of people that if you know, it's just gonna cause problems and headaches. And I am gonna, and I don't know, have you guys started like rejecting people for bad credit from like insurance clients yet? Because it, it's it's on my it's on my to do list. Maybe we're gonna start. Cause I'm going through a back. We doing through a background check right now, and I'm like, I hope you got good credit. But <laughs> not yet. Now, now I've been through a similar situation, and, and yeah, they, they got the smoke smell. They'd be smoking. Um, they even had a little part, a little get together. So here's the thing: the, this this little cluster of houses. Uh, we have this this house and this little cluster of houses, right? Mm-hmm. And and. I'll go uh, as soon as I say this, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. All the neighbors are white. Yeah. <laughs> He's laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we put a black family in there. Oh, and, they uh, got to call them. And they have the grandma, the grandma, grandpa, the the older adult kids, and then the grandkids all in this house, you know. And it was, I was like I said, all in most of the insurance claims, you know, is it hasn't been a bunch of people, but it was a bunch of people and they had a couple of dogs. It was big money. Yeah. And so yeah, it was blinded by the money kind of thing. And and we didn't do no background check or nothing like that. We we're like, oh, it's insurance company money. That's guaranteed money. Yeah. And anyways, so like the first weekend there, I guess they had they even what's well, the lady was super nice. She was like, Is it all right? We have a little family get together, blah, 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 blah. And oh block was jumping. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Oh shit! And, and so, and th- it this this particular place has a little like a wood deck backyard. It's not huge, so they I guess they were congregating out there. And we, and we know y'all people could be really loud. And- <laughs> the turn up, they call it the turn up. Uh, and, and so, uh, and then people the neighbors were complaining, and they say they smelled a certain type of smoke coming from the <laughs> from the backyard. And the lady was super nice. I told her, and she's like, "Oh, it must have been so and so." And was that right? You know, talking about is that right? Was it so and so? Oh yeah, we don't do that. But I was back there smoking that shit. No. (laughs) (laughs) So right, please don't don't do that again. Don't do no no smoking weed. You know, (laughs) and so. So yeah, we definitely. I'm assuming I never checked the credit, but I'm assuming they didn't have the best credit. And yeah. they yeah, so they were smokers. They but they smoked in the back, but um, the place was kind of dirty. It was well, they were there months and months. So I mean, I can't expect yeah. it to be super clean, but um, yeah, I assume you know they didn't have the best credit. You know, maybe for the yeah. the vehicles. You know, yeah, you know, we 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 people judge. That's how we are. But they didn't have the best vehicles, and then they didn't have a truck to move when they were leaving. So I was trying to get them uh. out of the house, and nobody. Uh, oh, uh, uh, what's his name? Tyrone didn't show up with the truck, so they're waiting for a truck. <laughs> and so, the truck. <laughs> trying to put everything on top of the car and shit. You know, it was crazy. Oh, shit. <laughs> it was... No, 
no, okay, and this is funny. This is funny. It's like, hold on. I have started to notice, like, are you are we sure like all these insurance claims are like actual insurance people? Because like, okay, and this I don't I don't want to call this a red flag, but okay, so the girl we just did the um interview, the intake with to move in, we were like, hey, what's your email? Whatever, insurance client, right? So she sent her email, but she sent like a college email, like a UALR.edu. I hate to say what college she goes to, but like a .edu email, right? Mm-hmm. So like, okay, this girl's in college. I'm like, what insurance is this for? And then also, Sedgwick. It's through Sedgwick. I have to say who it is, right? They were like, hey, if the place, it, and she viewed it. She went there and seen it. She only seen it was furnished. But they were like, hey, by the way, if the place isn't furnished, we'll furnish it for her. So basically, I'm like, hold on, y'all are willing to pay all this money unfurnished? Damn, you know? But, and so I'm like, is this place like, so I'm like, okay, are they just like, is this an actual insurance client? I And I don't know how to bring that up to them. Like, hey, what insurance are you with? But I am going to see if I can sneak that in there, you know? Because, yeah, so I, I don't think all these uh, insurance people are serving insurance clients. They might be serving like some people in between housing, which I told you, I think that last one was in between housing or I don't know on the run, because remember she saw two of my properties and the first one, she was like, Oh, I don't want to stay here. I recognize the neighbors and people around here. And I was like, what? and then she stayed in my other place. She smoked it out. So yeah, I, I don't know. I so, saw, yeah, I'm not sure insurance, like these insurance people are just always catering to insurance clients. Now, now, speaking of like people in between homes, you remember Amanda Williams came on our show, friend yeah, our yeah, show, yeah, and she had a she had a cool a cool thing she was doing because she was with the uh, EXP Realty, she was a realtor, but these Californians were buying up Tennessee left and right, right, mm-hmm. and so she was a lot of times they they'd get there they'd be moving and relocating, but they didn't have a house yet, you know, and mm-hmm. so she would she would rent out her places to to um to these clients, to these uh, people trying to buy a house for like big bucks, you know, like yeah. back then she was saying, you know, five, 6,000 a month for uh, one of her house, Tennessee houses. She'd put them in there because she's an agent. So she was catering to those people that were in between houses, plus putting them into other people's houses, I guess, and getting the referral mm-hmm. fees and stuff like that. So I could see, you know, she was like a de facto type of corporate housing provider, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. It could, it could happen. You know, maybe they're, Maybe those insurance clients hopping in on that too, you know. Um, I mean, even, no, go, okay, ahead. go ahead. Uh, was it real quick, even at my job, someone was asking, "Hey, I have a buddy that's going to transfer here to to work. You have housing and stuff like that." And I said, "Well, yeah, we got places that he could use, but while he's looking for a place, and um, and just you know, so he's gonna, you know, I got those connects going. on. Those are usually good good clients, though. I've never had a problem with them. I guess I use the word instead of in between housing. Um, trying to think the word. Kind of in between. No, this one ain't in between housing. Like maybe running from like an abusive boyfriend or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. that's the vibe I got from the last one who smoked the place out. Cause like remember I told you she said I didn't want to stay here because I recognized some of the neighbors. I thought it was kind of weird. And I was like, okay, because the place she chose was like lower quality than the place she seen, right? It was like this is the place she hosts, two car garage. Um, nice big screen TVs, new furniture. The one she went to was like a three bed, one bath. It ain't in the hood, but it ain't just like, I wouldn't desire to stay there if I seen the other one, you know? So I don't know, like maybe, you know, something like that was going on. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know if they're catering to that, but 
this is one thing. Shout out Mikey B. Um, one cool thing we I've been using, and uh, Mike clarified it to get these faster midterm rentals, man. Uh, like these faster midterms from like insurance and whatnot. Get those three D Matterports, man. I'm I'm working on getting everything in three D Matterports and two D floor plans. Because I asked Mike, I'm like, Mike, on your three Ds, are you getting them to book before having to do a viewing? He was like, Yeah. So therefore, you don't have to like shut down your calendar for a viewing if you got the 3D Matterport with the 2D floor plan so they can see it. You know what I mean? This more reliable because, you know, on my weekly emails I send out, the emails are just pictures of the place, right? The pictures and then the website. But I'd rather have a Matterport. If they've seen a Matterport where they can like have a virtual tour and have the 2D floor plan, man, I think that'd be perfect. So Mike's been getting reservations off that. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm all down for that. Then all I got to do is block off dates, you know? So that's one that's thing good. that everyone should look into. That's a big plus to um to arbitrage. If you're gonna arbitrage, you're gonna do it at a like a high end apartment complex because yeah. a lot of them already have those the tours, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And you could do self tours on their website and stuff like that, and um, see the whole layout. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, our buddy, yeah, speak. He was at the at the meetup. Stephen Lee, you know, he was at he was yeah, at the yeah, one yeah, before. Yeah. I know Stephen. Yeah, he he said he does those. He make those. So if you you he gotta does, connect. Yeah. He can yeah, so, for you. Yeah, Steven and Jabron, they make them. Yes, sir. Hit him up if you need him. Jabron, what's he been up to, man? He was, yeah, he's always yeah. hustling, man. He's uh, setting up a midterm <laughs> rental as we speak. Yeah, one of the, he was the first person to know what LLT stood for. Yeah, so shout out to Jabron, man. Yeah, he's a, uh, I just talked, I talked to him all the time. He's a, uh, he's actually going to be doing a Matterport for me in Mansfield. Uh, but we're going to do that one first. So we were definitely, and he's setting up a midterm and he, he listens to the podcast still. So shout out to him. Um, so You're all about the Mansfield. I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming there too. Shoot. I'm down, man. <laughs> uh, oh man. Airbnb's not paying out. Airbnb's having insurance problems. You've been hearing about it. Mm-mm. What happened? Oh, bro. So they ain't been paying out for insurance claims. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and they pulled it on me, um, friend of mine. <laughs> so Airbnb, you know, when you you know, back in the day, everybody liked to get Airbnb to pay out. You'd give them an invoice. So my boy sent them an invoice. Airbnb called the invoice to verify. They didn't ask if it was legit. They were calling the invoice to see, like, how much do you guys charge for cleaning? So I was like, damn, they're doing that now? So I guess they haven't been paying out. Shout out to Heba. Heba told me too. So yeah, they ain't been paying out for claims. And they, they just they just rejected one of my claims as well for smoking, mm. um, which I usually, it's a cleaning fee. They're moving those claims away. Um, I'm thinking that they're having like issues with their insurance company. And I remember me and you talked about this a long time ago. We kept saying, if people keep putting these claims in, like these big claims, we had someone call them on the cast. I think they got like 30,000 out of Airbnb. And we were like, man, they can't, that's not sustainable, you know, because it's too many hosts, right? So they are, I think they are starting to kick back on giving out claims um, over a certain amount. So I don't know if you guys been seeing it too. They've been paying out, man. But I mean, we haven't done wild claims like $30,000, $50,000 claims, like, you know, like. But even like a thousand. Last Yeah, we got. I got a thousand dollar claim. Yeah, we got a thousand here and there, 1,200, you know, four or 500. Mm -hmm. We, yeah, like I said, but we hadn't put no out, you know, crazy, you know, extravagant claim. But, but we, I mean, knock on wood, they still been paying out with us. That here's the, here's the thing. I, and, and 
princess she you know her and several of the others that they, they used to work for airbnb so that mm. that's a big plus so they know how to kind of to get things pushed through you know so that's that's a, that's always a good plus hiring somebody that used to work for them good good yeah that's that's a good one i mean to look into that too for sure yeah because yeah they, they, they've been uh insurance is insurance is starting to have an issue man like even in dallas a lot of insurance companies said that they may be pulling out of the dfw I just got my homeowner's insurance quote. I was like, damn, like three thousand something dollars a year, you know. And then like we always talk about how interest rates are going up. And now you got interest rates, property tax, and insurance. Man, it ain't pretty out here at all. <laughs> it's pretty in the city, man. Nah, yeah, uh, for real. Um one thing I was, I was gonna and you talk you you talk about this a lot, is um is, is the marketing aspect, you know, the marketing. <clears throat> and I don't, I don't, you know, I've never done like a big deal on marketing. You know, we, we, we have a nice amount of business and stuff, but I've never been out there and done marketing. And what what's, what's kind of inspires me is when I see someone like, um like uh, I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger on a, on a podcast and he's talking about, he brought up the marketing. He's like, I went out there and marketed myself because if you don't do that, nobody knows you exist. You can make the most beautiful piece of art. You can make the most beautiful piece of music. You can make whatever, you know. Uh, but but if you don't go out there and market and promote, he goes out. He back when he was he became like a huge biggest movie star on the planet back then. You know, <laughs> he said that when in the in the seventies and eighties, nobody none of the actors were like, oh, I don't do that. I don't I don't go out there and promote the movies i don't do that you know so that's that's mm-hmm. not a thing i do you know he goes i went out there and i was promoting you know the these movies after we made them i'd be out there you know meeting people on the streets going out to all the events just to promote the hell you know going on all the talk shows you know back then he was like one of the pioneers just yeah. to get get the word out on this movie because he's like i was a shameless promoter you know yeah. but he said he wanted these things to be successful because it affected him you know yeah. so so he said it, it, he was really really huge on marketing and i was like man you know i, I don't do hardly shit on marketing and yeah. i really should you know and and, and um and like uh, conor mcgregor he is self-made you know he's won a few fights yeah he was a champion and all this stuff but He's he's turned himself into a billionaire just because he has that, like you said, that mouthpiece. You know, he knows how to talk. He goes and and, and makes people laugh, and he talks shit and this and that. And he goes and um, he's always at all the parties and all the events, and he's just out there promoting him. I mean, free publicity. You know, what I'm saying he's not even paying for this publicity, and he's made like a, a billion dollar whiskey company. He's he's you know he's got all his all his other businesses and just. Just from just marketing, just just knowing who he is and knowing he could talk and just getting out there and, and um, so yeah. How how do you how do you do your marketing? Uh, networking. There's going out there and networking. Like th- that last client I got. Uh, speaking, yeah, that last management client I I had I I was about to manage for it was just through networking. Um. I'm about to actually start doing speeches here shortly at some of the real estate events, but just networking and let people know what you do. I just try to go out as much as possible. Uh, keep a business card on you, or if you don't have a business card, have your Instagram handy. Instagram's huge. Have your Instagram handy. Um, yeah, just a ways to get in people's ear. Uh, see if you can speak at an event. Hold, hold the events you just we just held. Like if we do another one in Q1, that's a great way to network, market what you do. Um, 
but yeah, Conor McGregor is a huge piece of marketing. Um, he actually knows how to sell too. You know, a lot of people in the UFC didn't like him, but they didn't like him because they don't know they don't have his gift of gab. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When, the only time Floyd Mayweather was quiet during a promotion is when he fought Floyd May is when he fought Conor McGregor. He was like, I ain't gotta say shit. He gonna sell it. <laughs> so in boxing, Mayweather was the guy doing that because he had to sell it. The other people weren't gonna sell it. So he was like quiet. He was like, hell yeah, I'm about to ride this to the bank. He's gonna sell this shit. I'm gonna whoop his ass, but he's gonna sell it. That's all, I'm, <laughs> that's all I gotta do. So and people respected him for it. Like Floyd understood, like he's he gonna sell the fight. So yeah, man, you gotta really know how to market. Get out networking, just like you said at the beginning of the show, it all comes back around. Um, that's why I was talking about going to some of these conferences, getting in people's ears. Hey, this is a podcast, this is what I do, you know, the whole shebang having it all, you know, this is what we do. Um, because yeah, I, I do plan on getting out there. Um, just networking, even with people in real estate, just letting them know what you do. They ain't even got to be in the short-term rental space, they might be interested in hopping in mm-hmm. after talking to you. So yeah, um, and then you know, I always tell people, have your brand, know your brand, be branded. Um, you don't want to be the person I do Airbnb, you know, people always say this Airbnb guy scammed me and everything else. It's like the Airbnb thing. So have something outside of that. Mm. Yeah, man. But yeah, the mind's networking in person. Some of the best marketing you can do, man. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's powerful stuff, man. So it does, yeah. it definitely needs to be part of your business. <laughs> networking to is now yeah. marketing, I'm sorry. Marketing is huge. Yeah. Um, but as far as, um, getting into the next level, trying to do like commercials and stuff like that on Facebook ads or Google ads, you don't do any of that stuff yet. Uh, I don't, I do more marketing now with me and mahogany. We're still trying to get back to it. When we were buying real estate, we were doing stuff like that, doing direct mail. Um, it, and I guess it depends on what business are we talking about? Cause we have the podcast, we have, our short-term rental business, and then we have our actual real estate business. So our real estate business, we do mailers, cold call, we do all that. So it just depends on which business. On our short-term rental side, it's more in-person. And then I need to, see, I'm really trying to combine the short-term rental and the uh, live, let, thrive in one, and then make it so I'm marketing it like that, you know, Uh, going to the conferences and marketing like that. But yeah, it just depends on which business we're talking about. But our Mm -hmm. real estate acquisition, we go door knock. You know, get out there. Mm, that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I kind of, kind of have a deal in the works where I could buy something owner finance. Okay. On a ten year, ten year deal. It's a it, no problem. The only thing is, it's a condo, you know, and the condo comes with HOA, and I, uh, I'm just, I mean, I love. If it could, it could be a little profitable, but um, mm, I hate I hate the HOAs, man. Um, but I put it cash flow if you long term rent it. Yeah, if I long term rent it, it'll yeah. cash flow. So um, and I can get in there under ten grand down. You know, what I'm saying on a ten year, ten year thing, at I believe we six percent. You know, for ten years, and of course I I don't I can finance out if rates drop you know what i'm saying so it's kind of you know i'm thinking on it it's kind of like a base hit kind of deal but but um i'm thinking on it is because i know you're real particular you're not going to just take any deal that comes at you right uh-uh. 
uh-huh. owner finance up to it still has to make sense financially. Yeah. But you said cash flow is long term. Cash flow is long term at six percent in Texas. Yeah, I make I mean I could I mean if I just do a long term tenant in there, probably make a couple hundred. If I keep it going as a corporate rental, maybe a couple hundred more. But um that's that's where I'm you know, that's where I'm I just I just don't know about this HOA, you know. Uh have you but, read the uh the bylaws? Yeah, and there and there's that's the thing with the bylaws. I mean, it was, you know, 30 days plus no big deal, but now they're starting to say, well, we want people to rent for rent out their place for at least six months unless there's an exception in place. And I'm like, well, that'll I mean, if they do that, then I can't do corporate anymore, pretty much. I mean, nor midterm, unless because most of, you know, most of the midterms are three months. You know, I know they they bleed over a little four or five, maybe touch six. But but um, when you put it a, a restraint on you where it's it has to be at least six months to rent it out. I mean, then it gets to the point where, like, OK, I could throw someone in there for a year, be a regular long term rental, make a few hundred bucks. OK, that's fine. I guess this, this is the, the way I have to start with what's your. Like on owning properties, what's your end goal? There are a certain number of doors you want, certain number of cash flow. What's your end goal? I just want, yeah, I just want these um, properties to to cash flow enough to to support our lifestyle. That's it. How, how much? Okay. How much cash flow do you want coming in a month? On just the regular long-term rentals? On everything that you own, how much do you want coming in a month to where you could be like, fuck it, I can do whatever I want. I could walk off my job right now today. (laughs) I mean, to be conservative, I guess like 20 grand a month would be nice. 20 grand a month? Okay, so... I mean, I could live off lower than that, but I'm just saying that would be nice to have a nice... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not live off what what you want to be with you and your family where y'all just chilling. It's 20 grand? Because yeah. twenty grand is my number two. So, um, if you pay off that house, that condo, how much would you cash flow a month monthly? Once mm. to rent that condo, two bedroom, two bath, that area, how much would I cash flow a month? With it paid off at, at the current rents? Yeah. Um, at the current rents, probably. I mean, well, that would, you know, of course, taxes and fees. Yeah, taxes probably, and insurance. Taxes and insurance, all that. Probably cash flow about 1500 if everything, if it was paid off completely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what you have to look at. So, 10 of those, what's 1500 You got 15000 a month, right? Yeah. So, if it fits into that end goal, then go ahead and pick it up. Um, And, and always remember, man, I have long-term rentals. Don't ever make short-term just your thing. It's just a strategy on the tool belt. You know what I mean? But if it's a good deal, it cash flows, and you can get it at 6%. So at 10 years, is he asking for a balloon, or is he saying you can refi out of it? Yeah, refi out of it, yeah. Okay. So then, see, then I guess you would have to look at your exit strategy on that. So let's say at the end of 10 years, Let's just say the rates ain't gone down, right? Let's say the rates is really up to like eight, nine, and you're at a six. Mm-hmm. Then you have to think about, okay, what's my extra strategy? Do I rewrap it? Because you could wrap it to somebody else and say, hey, I'll give you 8%, 9%. 
on the interest, you know what I'm saying, interest rate to rewrap it, or you could sell it. You know, it depends on, or if you could refinance it after 10 years, if the if cash flows, you just go up to a 9%. You know what I mean? So it's just your end goal, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it just start with your end goal and work backwards. But 1500 a month, if it's cash flowing, if it's paid off and it cash flows now, I don't see nothing wrong with picking it up. See, like, but just have a focus of what you want. Cause like, I noticed you're doing the condo thing. You know, if you're doing condos, then, you know, learn the HOA. I think the couple episodes ago, you said you were talking to the HOA board guy, you know? So I mm-hmm. think you, you know, focus on that. If that's what you want to do, you just have to have your end goal in place and then work backwards. Hmm. Yeah. I like it, man. Yeah. Got to have it work backwards from the end goal. I like that. Yeah. Ah, so yeah, man, we touched on a lot of topics today. What do you have anything else you'd like to touch on before we hop off this episode? No, man, just, uh, yeah, make sure you got your Airbnb stuff in, right? You know, your claim stuff in and, uh, insurance is high as hell, but, uh, yeah, man, keep living, <laughs> letting and thriving. We're going to yeah. doing it. Um, hopefully I can close on a house here soon. I'm going to Arkansas this weekend, maybe able to look at a few things. So hopefully we'll be able to close on something here shortly. Mm. I heard something about. Did I mention the pace? The pace Morby uh, hopped on the hopped on the or had a one on one with Tony Robbins. Did I mentioned that. Shout out the pace. Go ahead. Did I mention that? No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Okay, it was something cool because he, he he brought it up on um. Oh, it was he. he I mean, on his uh, emailer, right? And, and and pace said something like he had a uh, you know Chris you know you pay enough money you can get one on ones with Tony Robbins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> And he said, I could ask this guy anything. This guy is my idol and all this stuff. He's I followed him for years and I have a one-on-one. And and so I just needed advice in this situation because I got to the point where I have a bunch of different businesses going on at once, a bunch of different and they're successful. And but it's a it's being a bit cumbersome. And I'm just I just needed to find out a direction I should probably go. So I'm gonna ask Tony and he said it. He asked Tony, he's like, man, I, you know, I got so many different things going on, you know, and they're doing good, but I know, you know, the one thing and all this stuff, you're supposed to choose just one thing and then just focus on that instead of trying to do too juggle too many different things. And so I just need to really know what should I focus on and, you know, what is your advice? And, and Tony looked at him, he's like, he goes, you know, he goes, so you have all these different, you know, these different businesses and they're doing great. And it goes, why choose one? He said, um, you get it. These are like blessings. God gave you these blessings and, and they're doing great. Why, why choose one thing instead? Why don't you figure out ways to put the people in place in those businesses to make them even more successful where you don't have to run them, but they'll become even more successful. And, and, um, and they might even be do a better job than you could ever do at that business. Why, right. why throw these things away to just to focus on one thing because you think you're supposed to do that instead of build the systems and put the right people in place to run these different things that are bringing in you, bringing you in money. And yeah. he said that that really changed his, uh, his mindset. Cause that's all we've heard. That's yeah. all we've heard is like, you know, from all these gurus and stuff, I'll choose one thing, focus on one thing. And that's all you're going to do and be successful. At. And that's great. It's a simplified way to do things, but what if you are good at several different things and you can build a, a business to do that thing? Like we do the podcast. I mean, we if if we were really focusing, then then you'd be just doing the the house, you know, buying, and then I'd just be doing uh, the short term management, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't do the podcast. But 
we do several different things and 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 we're we're pretty decent at at those things you know so i thought that was that was pretty cool that is man yeah if you because i mean that's the basic strategy of rich dad poor dad right hire somebody and train them up to do do that for you you know and then you can see honestly you could train it up and then you could focus on the one thing that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and i think that's how people are kind of looking at it like what's the one thing i enjoy focus on that and then hire out everything else you know what i mean but i like what tony said man you've been blessed with all this stuff and you want to focus on one thing it's like you almost lost the gratefulness that you have in front in your hands Hmm. lose gratitude man um but it's one of those things what you do in your peaks so it puts you in your valley what put you do in your valleys will put you back at your peak Hmm. so yeah man powerful talk real talk (laughs) well cool brother it's great connecting with you again where can people find us find us on instagram tiktok all that good stuff follow us at live let thrive remember to hit that subscribe button below hit this if you're watching on youtube hit the subscribe button um follow us send us an email info at live let thrive.com send us both personal emails mike at live let thrive.com steve at live let thrive.com and hit us up and we're gonna have another meetup hopefully q1 i'll be at that one this one, man, had the children's stuff. So Q1 2024, we'll see y'all there. We'll keep y'all updated on that. But uh, yeah, Lynette, we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.